Welcome to the Primary Source Podcast. My name is Tom Bober, a school librarian in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. This podcast is here to explore the uses of primary sources in K-12 libraries and classrooms. We'll dig into resources and teaching strategies, talk to educators who are utilizing primary sources, and supporters of educators who curate these incredible items and use them in their work. I'm really excited today to share with you an interview that I did recently with author Rob Sanders. I had a chance to write about one of Rob's earlier picture books a couple of years ago in my Picture Books and Primary Sources blog post for AASL. There I wrote about Stonewall, a building, an uprising, a revolution. And so I was really excited to get an opportunity to sit down with Rob and talk to him about his newest picture book, The Fighting Infantryman, the story of Albert D.J. Cashier, transgender Civil War soldier. That came out last June. We had a chance to sit down recently and talk about the primary sources that impacted and shaped this story. I thought it was fascinating, and I really think that it's an opportunity to bring a different angle around Civil War research in middle school and high school settings. I also have this book, though, in my elementary school. So I was really glad to get a chance to talk with Rob and learn a little bit more about the primary sources that he identified and how they played a role in this story. Also, we're going to see this particular book focused on in my upcoming picture books and primary source blog posts that will be coming up later this month. So keep an eye open for that. I'll go ahead and drop the link to the Stonewall post from a couple of years ago in the notes for this episode, as well as the general link to get to all the picture book and primary source posts so you can find the upcoming one on the fighting infantryman when it goes live in about a week or so. All right, let's go ahead and get to our interview with Rob Sanders. Friends, we are here with author Rob Sanders, and I'm sure you know his work. He has probably more books out there than you realize, but I'm going to mention specifically the picture book biographies that he has out there in the world. So he has Pride, The Story of Harvey Milk and the Rainbow Flag, Stonewall, A Building, An Uprising, A Revolution, and I wrote about that particular book in the Knowledge Quest Picture Books and Primary Sources blog post a while back, and also Mayor Pete, the story of Pete Buttigieg. But the book that we are here to talk about today is his newest, and it is called The Fighting Infantryman, the story of Albert D.J. Cashier, transgender Civil War soldier. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about your picture book, uh, the this newest one, The Fighting Infantryman? This is the story of Albert D.J. Cashier, uh, who served in the 95th Regiment of the Illinois Volunteers in the Civil War. And it tells the story of Albert's heroic service, but also his fight for recognition by the U.S. government 
to be who he said he was because in his senior adult years when he was drawing a pension there were some questions about uh, could this really be a person who served in the civil war and his comrades came to his aid and it's this the, really the story of how they preserved the story of this american soldier who served alongside his comrades one thing that you had in the back matter, and I think it's right at the very beginning, is that Albert was illiterate and that there was a, a good chance that this story could easily be lost in history. And so I'm wondering how you came across Albert's story and what was your inspiration to say, I think this would be a great story for younger readers? Yeah, I found... Uh, out about Albert, I'm discovering a lot about my community, the LGBTQ plus community, as I research other books. Because as a kid growing up in the 60s and 70s, obviously, I didn't hear those stories. I didn't, there weren't books about stories from my community. So I didn't learn the history of my community either. Um, so I have been discovering it as I was researching Pride, I was just in a little history book of LGBTQ history for kids. And in that book, found a little entry and a small photograph of Albert. And I just scratched his name down that I wanted to learn more about him. And I actually, in that history book, inspired me with several different stories that I've written about. But I pursued Albert. And one reason I was really interested is because I had researched my great grandfather on my mom's side of the family, who was also a Civil War soldier, a, an immigrant like Albert, served in the Union Army like Albert. So while um, I was interested in Albert in and of himself, I had kind of a tie, I felt, to him. And he actually would, uh, Albert's infantry would have been in Missouri where my grandfather was a soldier and you know just the possibility ah, could they have been passing soldiers you know on along the same battlefield or on a road heading to a battle that just intrigued me i think this is this is a little bit of an aside but i love the element of what you just told me that you were researching one piece and this little nugget of information came up and you just set it aside to ask some questions about, to learn some more about later. And I'm always thinking about um, my students. I'm always thinking about upper elementary, middle school, high school students as they're doing research and how we can make it more authentic and giving students opportunities to have those moments like you had, I think can be so important. I know you were in the classroom as well as a, as a teacher. So, um, I'm, I'm sure that your writing and your experiences with researching probably impacted those type of experiences you gave your students as well. Yeah, and sometimes you jot down the idea and sometimes the idea takes over and you have to pursue it. Such, right a, great, such a great point, absolutely, it takes you over. Um, so in that research, once you were able to start to explore Albert's life a little bit more, what primary sources did you come across in your research? Yeah, I 
was fortunate to find lots of great secondary resources that sent me to primary sources. But the number one primary resource that I found was the approved pension file from Albert's military service that is in the National Archives and is all digitized. Over 190 pages, uh, every envelope, every correspondent, affidavits, all scanned in. And so that served as the primary source for what I did. But then newspaper articles. At one point in Albert's, as he was a senior adult, Albert's uh, birth gender was discovered. And that news got out to newspapers. Could could this woman, quote unquote, um, have been a, a military in the military, those kind of stories. And so I was able to find those stories as well as accounts from people who knew Albert in newspapers. I also found a book, it kept being referenced in secondary sources, uh, History of the 95th Regiment, which was the official history of every person who served in that uh, infantry there, every battle, every person who was injured, the entire, but I couldn't get my hands on this book to save my soul. And one day I just thought, you know, I'm just going to look on Amazon. It probably, there's probably one and it's going to cost $500 or something, but no, it was on, I found that it was on print on demand. So I was able to get an actual copy of that book. And so it served to, to give me a chronology of every battle um, where the troops were moving to in and out of different states. And finally, some photographic evidence. There was a photo of Albert as a young soldier, as an old man, and um, of the two tombstones that still stand in Sonoman, Illinois, on uh, the Sunny Slope Cemetery. And so those, a little bit of photographic evidence as well. This is feels like a treasure trove when you're giving me that list of items that you were able to draw from. And I think that it is a, a testament when we look at, and I haven't done a page count on this, if you come in at 32 or, or 40 pages, but however many spreads in this book, that there's so much more information that you come across that you're holding on to as a researcher, as an author, that may never necessarily make it onto this page. But I think that there probably is evidence, and this is going to lead into my next question, is that these primary sources influenced your story of Albert that you that you told. Would there be any ways that you could share that you can point to when you think about how one or more of these sources directly influence an element of, of Albert's story in this book? Well, of course, the military, the the pension file had lots of information that ended up being in the book because uh, there were medical records there. And so Albert's height, for instance, um, was recorded there. But more importantly, were the affidavits that fellow soldiers and friends had given in the inquiry about Albert's identity 
when the government was trying to determine if they were going to continue his pension or not. Those statements from people who knew Albert served to let me know, for instance, one soldier said he did everything everyone else did. You know, we had no reason to think he wasn't who he said he was because he was working alongside us. And so lines like that came up in the book that, you know, he served, he did everything we did, those kind of things. Um, so those kind of things found their way in. Actually, there are at least three instances in the book, the text of the book, where there are things pulled directly from primary sources. There are three headlines when Albert is the news that he was born female is made public. Uh, he didn't know it was made public, but it was in newspapers. Those headlines that I found in newspapers found their way into my text and into the art of the book. The final decision by the US government, um, which is in that pension file, a perhaps six line typed document that said identity may be accepted, was how it concluded. Those words from that typewritten document are art in the book. And that photograph of that tombstone is also replicated in the text or in the illustrations of the book. And then, as you would imagine, the back matter has a lot of that information directly from those sources, including some excerpts from the affidavits given by friends and fellow soldiers. I want to bring up those affidavits if I could. I, I love that they make their way into lines of the story itself, but I also appreciate that they're given, and I don't know if these are all the affidavits or a selection of the affidavits. Selection. Okay. Um, that are, that show up here, but it really is a, you could almost do a study in itself of these, of these statements and what these uh, soldiers, these comrades of Albert understood of him, but also understood of so many well over a century and a half ago of, of what it meant to be transgender. I'm, I'm noticing like a, a um, kind of a going back and forth with pronouns in some of them. And, and, but also ultimately in the ones that are shared here, as you mentioned, this statement and understanding that the person at this time that when these affidavits are, were given, this person who is in, in failing health at this time is indeed the Albert that they, that they know. This is the same man. And that is kind of the solid understanding that comes across in, in statement after statement. I think that they're a wonderful inclusion into the back matter, and I'm so happy that they made it there. Yes, those, those, that testimony that those people gave, you know, some of them were tracked down way outside of Illinois so they could give their testimony. And the government was, you know, doing their due diligence to, to investigate. But, and they did, some of the folks did struggle. Some used 
he pronouns all the way through their affidavits. Some said use she all the way through. Some moved back and forth within their affidavits because they they were they were wrapping their brain around what the reality that they had found out. But at the same time, they were solidly saying, this is the person I know this person to be. This is the man I served with. And I was writing this at a time when we were still struggling as a nation to deal with uh, transgender service in the military. And it's like 150 years ago, veterans were able to recognize the service of a trans person that they served alongside of and to recognize it and to validate it and to make sure that that person got his pension and got a military burial as well. It shows the the true character of those people and the the truth of Albert's identity. They did recognize that Albert was who he said he was. I want to just make sure that I ask all of our listeners, if you have not put your hands on this book, we're just getting a chance, I think, Rob, to scratch the surface of Albert's story. I think there's really so much more in the arcs that you have in this book that that tell more about Albert's service, but also Albert later in his life. And I want to encourage everyone to pick it up. And I want to put one little, I, I've got this page open here where we have um, Albert kind of in, in worsening health, but also this story uh, kind of leaking out, I guess, about his birth gender. And I want to give a tip to all of my educator friends who are ever using picture book biographies and wondering what kind of primary sources might be out there. If the illustrator or the author ever mentioned newspapers or show a picture of newspapers in that picture book biography, I've never found a case where newspapers haven't somehow been involved as a primary source. So that is always a hint, although Rob's revealing so many more places that, of course, these pieces of the story come from. Rob, I want to thank you so much for giving us some time today, but I also want to thank you so much for sharing Albert's story with us, because this easily could be one that would be kind of hidden away in a book of a compilation book and would be not revealed to a lot of young readers. And it's definitely one that should be not only for Albert's Albert's story, but just as you mentioned, to because of the connections that we can make today with it. So Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. <laughs>